Welcome to the Blooming League of Original Podcast. G'day and welcome to the torture chamber that is Thrush and Treasure, a metalhead's nightmare but a Broadway diva's dream, and vice versa. I'm your host, Aaron. And I'm joined, as usual, by my co-host, Gareth, also known as The Metal Poet. How's it going? I'm doing great, Aaron. How are you? Yeah, I'm pretty good. Scatterbrain as usual, but I am in one piece, and that's all that matters. Yes, absolutely. Busy week, we had our big launch, we got all our episodes out, and big pat on the back to us. Everyone pat themselves on the back who did it, which was 99% you, Aaron, so well done. Yeah, pretty much. So the rest of us could go, hey, great job, guys, but it's pretty much... You can lead a horse to water, but you cannot make it drown. I've learned that a lot in my life, but you guys stepped up to the plate and I couldn't have done it without you all. Mm. No, so this week... On that note... Yes, we got a couple of albums. What have we got? You gave me a fanciful little effort named Hunter Gatherer by a band called Avatar, which, um, what do we want to start off with? Start with metal this week? Okay, yeah, let's do that. Let's, all right. That's in, that's in case all my metalhead friends are listening and going, I don't have to sit through him dribbling on about a Broadway musical again. Just, just tell me about the metal. You absolute dork. All right, let's start with that. Because I am absolutely dying. Because when I gave this to you, I just thought this A, I thought it would be a bit of a challenge. There is a small element of torture in in this choice, so I'm just gonna I'm just gonna um, admit to that up front. Well, I'm gonna start off before any burns or reads or any sus that comes out of my mouth. That fifty percent of what comes out of my mouth when it comes to jokes is true. Fifty percent is not, which is which <laughs> is up to you to decide, really, because I just want to make people laugh. That's it, and if it has to be funny because it's true or funny because it's false, whatever. But anyways, okay, I'll start off also by saying that I kind of found this like Repo the Genetic Opera. Wow, which is kind of the same flavor or inspiration of our little podcast experiment here, because that is very much the intersection between Judas Priest and Hamilton. And then Amplified. Yes. And I like it. I really like it. I think it's crazy and metal, sure, but it's over the top and funny and silly and scary. And to this day, I will stand by Paris Hilton in that movie because she was actually awesome. She sung good. She acted good. And her face fell off. Come on. What more can you ask for from the girl? She gave it to you. Why can't we respect her for that? So... I thought she was pretty cool in it. Maybe if her whole head came off. No, her no, face right. fell off. Is, Think is about just... it as Paris Hilton. And Have you seen it? No. Okay, well, I've just spoiled it for you. And I've spoiled it for everyone else that who hasn't seen it. Because it's a very tiny, tiny little movie. It was released on Roadshow and, you know, it didn't get much of a release. But it's got Jillies from Buffy, you know? Buffy. Yeah, Anthony Stewart Head. It's got a few people. It's Sarah Brightman. It's very dark. It's by Darren Lynn Bousman, who directed Saw two and three possibly and i think he's just come back for the recent one with chris rock that will be released next year yeah like as i say it didn't have much of a cinema release but it had a roadshow release which is how they used to release movies they would travel the country with them and do them sort of a city by city and yeah it's just really fucked up and really fucked up and cool see it oh my god like this podcast is turning to film 101 for you i'm just getting the feeling i'm getting is Paris Hilton opera. No one went to see it. I'm I'm seeing a connection there. If anyone will like this movie, this particular musical, it will be you. And her face falls off. Yes. And think about it. It's Paris Hilton. So that's 
kind of what I related to Avatar. It's got that feeling to it. Right. Anyways. Oh, and also, as I say, Sarah Bryman was in it. And to apologize to Broadway fans last week, I accidentally said Michael Cormick. I meant Michael Crawford. I left that in. I'm so embarrassed. It wasn't ignorance or anything. It's just two names that sound the same. Get used to it. It's going to happen a lot on this show. Trust me in that because I am a scatterbrain, as I said at the start of the show. And as I said last week, I've had to give up my LGBTQ plus cards. So <laughs> anyways, so Avatar, yes. my review. Are you ready to hear it? Bated breath, I am waiting. <laughs> when I first saw the album cover, I had a strange urge to suddenly get pregnant. But then I clicked on the picture and realized it was a mouth, not a womb. <laughs> Which would be really weird if wombs were in the mouth. Imagine an oral birth. <laughs> We'd end up biting the babies. Anyways, so I opened up the tape on the Spotify on the Xbox gaming console machine, which likes to show us a promotional image of artists when they play. Looking at the band, I realized that the cast of Blumhouse's The Crow had formed a band. So I pressed play, only to find it was actually the cast of Blumhouse's Pee-wee's Big Adventure. It's not a bird. <laughs> Everyone loves Pee-wee. Some songs stuck out, and sadly for me, they appeared to be intentionally hilarious. Although perhaps not in the way the band might have intended, the song Wormhole stood out because after one listen, I contracted piles. But overall, <laughs> I wondered a few times whether this Swedish metal outfit knows who it wants to be, which in hindsight is rather indicative of the film Avatar. Oh, before I forget, the lead singer often reminded me of Mark Hoppus, which is a compliment. After listening to this zany oddity of an album, it became utterly clear to me that Gordon Schwinn got his brain tumour by listening to Hunter Gatherer. <laughs> this recent 2020 release can often be described as clowny and kooky, ooky and spooky. No doubt something Gareth would masturbate to profusely. <laughs> At one point, I had to separate my kitty cat Anya from fighting with the neighbour's cat only to realise it was the ballad attempt. I feel, though, that I've heard this circusy type of metal before. Insane, but possible. I give this album one and a half out of five. For when it comes to hunter-gatherer, I would be way, as in runaway. But at least now we know your drag name, Hunter Garatha. don't know if you can use that for my drag name. Anyway. Of course you can. I think Harry Styles is taken all our what? drag names i'm slightly surprised no i'm not surprised i'm not surprised you didn't like it i actually thought being mr ernest here that you would get the theater of it and the comedic aspect and the and the mad capidness i did yeah i did but i have no idea what it was about there's <laughs> the thing like this is why i can't do metal because no matter how good the music is i can't connect with <laughs> and then the singing was Fun, I guess, but I have no words, really. I'm sorry. Well, I did have a lot of words, clearly, but when a secret door started, I got excited, but unfortunately, it wasn't an exit. No, no, well, that was only the third track, so <laughs> you're looking for an escape early on. Well, I like bands who experiment. I, I don't like bands who rest on their laurels and stays the same for a long time. Like, have a through line, sure, have your style, but... From what I read, this was a bit of an experiment for them in terms of doing a comedy album. So I appreciated that they're willing to go there and, you know, doing something different and stretching their skills and, and adding a, a new flavor. I mean, I had to throw in a little shout out to Mark Hoppus there. They were actually the second concert that I went to. The first one was ACDC, Stiff Upper Lip Tour. Wow. Okay. It was a while ago. It was like 22 years ago. That was a while ago. Yeah, it's not something I'd put back on, I don't think. <laughs> 
I would have been surprised. The thing about the vocals, because Johan does both what they call unclean and clean, so the clean, straight singing vocals, okay. which I think is his strength, because I'm not a huge, huge fan of the the unclean sort of more metalcore style of delivery. But I, th- I think he kind of uses it sparingly enough, but it is probably a 50-50 split between the the raw growls and the and the uh, and the and the clean vocals so yeah one 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 out of 5 i gave it when i reviewed this one i gave it 9 out of 10 so that's how far we are from from each other yeah <laughs> yeah it reminded me of repo genetic opera but i know what's going on in that i know what they're singing about i know the story here i couldn't there's a disconnect immediately which is probably why i don't typically listen to straight up opera because i don't speak italian fluently what i do know is terrible uh it's botched and embarrassing to usually swear words or stupid stuff like could i please have a cheeseburger all valid things to know you know all the things i need on a cruise ship basically anyways it's not about my holidays that was last <laughs> week <laughs> yeah there's that disconnect and which is funny because i do watch foreign movies foreign tv shows and i don't always pay attention to the subtitles especially if i'm eating and this is the thing when i listened to when i reviewed this album i actually thought i got lost in the imagery and i, I was just because i'm quite a visual person anyway so so i was i was listening to it and i was just getting this you know bleak imagery and this almost metropolis style like the old movie metropolis i was i was getting that that you know androids and all that sort of thing but um which is which that was me and and you didn't get any of that and that's nope that's not surprising at all no but i agree with you on the imagery like i like the music the the music was cool <laughs> and yeah they're a very talented band and i do stand by my blumhouse as the crow joke again not a burn i get that that is not an offensive joke if i wanted to be offensive i would have said the crow 2 or the crow 3 or the one with david Boreas in it and tara reed was the crow wicked prayer that nobody saw either way that was not a burn because everyone loves the crow but i do i love Plumhouse movies too he's got some great movies no i was getting kind of an alice cooper batman's the joker kind of look well, yeah zach snyder's joker not, yeah no, okay I, I wouldn't say that in jack nicholson's joker not in cesar romero's joker back in like the original oh, yeah him the first the first joker on tv yeah and obviously heath ledger but that's, I can see this band juxtaposed against Jared Leto's Joker. Oh, there's no, there's no Jared Leto in, um, in Avatar at all, thankfully. And especially with the filmmaking, the, the, um, the tone, the filters they're using, the look to the, the aesthetic look to those films. But not Joaquin Phoenix's Joker, but I'll tell you what, that score is absolutely amazing. And I am not surprised that she won the Oscar for that. Speaking of Oscars, did you watch any of the Avatar? music videos no not this time um i should have but no sorry i was a little bit overloaded i get that didn't have time but i did listen to the cd numerous times like over and over and over again running everyone into the ground with it so the the videos are great so um i might go back but maybe when we do them again but if i'm to like every cd you give me there's no point in this show where's the enjoyment from the metal crowd seeing me suffer watch aaron squirm down the wormhole exactly yeah i would be utterly disappointed in myself if you were to love every musical that i give you because then i'm doing a piss poor job of bloody picking them yeah 
I can almost guarantee so far, I'm not. I mean, we kind of don't know how. We kind of got away with you kind of liking Hello Dolly. I think a little bit more than you're willing to admit. <laughs> not sure I'm ever going to listen to it again. <laughs> but you never once said I hated it, so I, that is a win. I didn't hate it. So anyways, look, as I say, I did enjoy the theatrics. I appreciate a band who is willing to experiment. You might have noticed I pointed out in my review, this isn't a sound that we haven't heard before. This sort of clowny metal. Insane clown posse is a thing. And I get the imagery, but the song Child kind of creeped me out. I mean, okay. that, I don't know if it's because it's called Child or whatnot, but it sort of reminded me of a certain song in Tommy that is very uncomfortable. Mm. So I, I don't need to go into details about that one, but it just didn't have the nicest vibe to it, I guess. So I thought that was a little bit awkward. And that was a choice. But yeah, no, I didn't end up listening to that song as much. I kind of skipped that one quite a fair bit. Like, all I can say is creepy old man, and I don't know. And we've just had to watch two of them fight on the news yeah. for months and months yep. to take over America. Uh, so Avatar, any any Republican or Democratic nominees contact you and ask to use that song? Please let them do it. Let them shoot themselves in the foot. <laughs> Sorry. Yeah. Let's not ruin that song for me because I like it. So I actually like it. I, I get that. It's kind of sad. This is going in a very, very dark place. If it was called something different, like if it was called maybe, you know, Cucumber or... That would just be weird. I don't know, Carousel? Maybe not that, because Carousels can be creepy. It, it would maybe have changed the context right. of what I was hearing. Yeah. But you hear Child, and all you hear is this creepy child catcher music. It's got a little bit of the Pied Piper in it. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, so I'm not ruining it for you. You hear it too. You know it's there. Apologize to Avatar and all Avatar fans out there. I'm sorry. I'm here to be honest. Yeah, it has got that. There's a old people's home around the corner from me, and when I walk past there, it's a and it's a really beautiful place. And in the garden is a statue of a of a teacher, and she's got a book open or something. And there's this this line of children following her, and I just look at that and go, "That's just that just Pied yep. Piper. That kind of that just that just creeps me out a little." Well, children are little rats. <laughs> Then they grow up to be big rats. I know. Yeah, so I say if you like this album, definitely check out Repo the Genetic Opera. Well, I'm already there. I'm, yeah, I'm going to do that. I'm going to yeah, find yeah. it on and, somewhere. And if you like Anthony Stewart Head from Buffy, he's great in this. He's the lead role. He's the titular Repo Man. He's pretty much headlining. As I say, there is opera singing in it, but it's not really an opera. The term rock opera basically means a musical that's sung all the way through in a rock style, really. Yes, I think we're done with Avatar. I think we're done with Avatar. Uh, Yeah, sorry. What a shame. What a great album. It It was an album. Well, I hope you weren't too excited or anticipating me enjoying that. You and your little clown posse. No, I wasn't. Wow, our own little... That's that's a different band again. Yep. Anyways, we're going to throw to an ad break. We'll be back in a moment with Thrush and Treasure. G'day, listeners. Aaron here. While you're topping up your coffees, did you know that you can support our show and go on a fantastically scary adventure at the same time? Go to www.thetonistontales.com forward slash bookstore to grab your copy of The Toniston Tales, a darkly funny Aussie trilogy about a young boy who rescues injured animals in his spare time and the roller coaster ride he's taken on by a literal fish out of water. Written by me, the village idiot of Thrash and Treasure, 
you'll come to love Toniston Turnbull and the dozens of wacky characters that he meets along the way. And here is a sneak peek. After barely three hours of light sleep, Toniston Turnbull slowly opens his eyes, his body feeling heavier than it ever has before. Not from extra weight, from tiredness and stress. Polly sighs in the shadows behind him, the flame of the nearest barbed wire tiki torch tower having died down, but not out, while Toniston napped. Are you awake? Toniston whispers. Oh, how can I sleep in this place? Polly moans, turning onto her side and facing Toniston, who stays on his back, imagining obscure animal-esque shapes in the rusted tin roof above them, shadows faintly formed by the nearest dying torches. We need to work out a way to get out of here, Toniston states the obvious. He whispers, despite the fact the nearest shacks to their own are several metres away, and the occupants presumably asleep, as most prisoners seem to be. How? There's no fence to squeeze through, or even climb, Polly replies, sitting up in bed and then stretching out her sore arms. The hairs stand on end from the slight chill in the air. I don't know, but I think the whole fighting thing is a distraction. You mean, to distract the other prisoners when new ones arrive? No, I, I think that was just bad timing. Didn't you notice? Toniston goes on to explain his theory. That fight happened, everybody gathered around. I didn't see one person who wasn't watching. And then when I vomited, the only gate in this place closed shut. What are you trying to say? I think something happened when everyone's back was turned. Like what? Whispers Polly, her voice breaking up in fear. I don't know. That's what we've got to find out. Toniston's brain starts working overtime, but it's strange that nobody seems to want to leave. They seem almost happy. Definitely content. So, when's the next one of those stupid beatdowns? Toniston can't help but think Polly looks tough, almost evil in the shadows as she asks, I don't know, Toniston begins, but both teenagers are distracted by a crumbling noise in the distance. Hopping out of bed, Toniston joins Polly on her own, equally uncomfortable one. Spotting a large, white package hovering close to the cave ceiling, behind it a shadowy figure. The package is lowered down, causing the teenagers themselves to lower as well, hoping not to be spotted by whom, or what, may be operating this obscure crane. Over a long, slow descent, the package is dropped to the ground. Polly keeps her eyes on it, but Toniston looks up immediately, spotting a large black shadow scurry away to God only knows where. Come, he whispers, as he quietly hops off her bed, slipping into his docks with bare feet. Polly follows his lead. Careful to keep watch on all directions, the teenagers swiftly sneak over to the white package, their hearts beating an almost tribal jam in perfect harmony, and stopping in their tracks as the sudden realisation of what lies before them sinks in. A woman, seemingly in her early twenties, wrapped up in bandages from the neck down. No, not bandages. Is that spiderweb? Polly asks, completely mortified at the prospect. Grab your copy of The Toniston Tales from thetonistontales.com forward slash bookstore today. Hooroo! Much as I hope you're not expecting me to... Um... Of course you're going to love A New Brain. It's a wonderful little musical. It is very touching. It's got a tiny little cast that sing their hearts out. It's sort here's, of here's what happened. It's very deep. I was given, as you said, A New Brain 
It's a musical yep. with music and lyrics by William Finn based on the book that he wrote, and it's kind of autobiographical. Okay, well, let's just clarify that um, by book. The book of a musical is the libretto, which now I'm just confusing you even more. That's the script, the written word. It's the plot, the narrative, it's words. It's not the lyrics so then it's not just a concert of songs so here the book is written by james lapine and william finn based on his own william finn's personal experience i I gave it a listen as i always do and i got to the end and i go okay now i need to find out what this is all about so then i went and did some research and i went oh I can see why Aaron gave this to me because it's heartfelt and it's wonderful and all these things. And I can quite honestly say the, the, okay. So here's the opening number, opening number. Frogs have so much spring. I'm listening to it and I literally in my head, I'm going, what the hell? Why would you give me a musical? about frogs oh this is the most ridiculous thing i've ever heard and that was the first 30 seconds yeah except and then in the song gordon the composer says why am i writing songs about frogs because he's writing the song for mr bungie the children's show and he doesn't really want to write the song um and then it goes kind of downhill from there there's a song about calamari the seafood specials calamari even though it's not really seafood or something like that yeah the fish of the day is calamari except it's not really a fish which she sings and because this is the exact opposite of Hello Dolly, and and I still had no idea what the hell was going on, where in in Hello Dolly it was old school yep. standalone songs. This one is the story driven. I'm gonna sing everything that's happening to me to please bring me your plate. I'm now eating my calamari. It's it's all very what I call kind of literal. It's very whimsical. Deliver. It's very look. It's very whimsical. It's a bit funny, but it's a bit of earnest as well too. I think that's very funny. Can't remember. I did laugh, yeah. but I can't remember where it was. There was no earworms in this one. I didn't get. A, and I and I'm kind and I'm no, for me and I'm so glad. I, I disagree totally because I have those songs stuck in my head constantly. I have calamari going through my head now, but usually I have change, which is a song that is sung the shit out of Mary Tester, who is a goddess of Broadway. And I would love to get on this show. Her voice is just phenomenal. And she sings the shit out of that song. She really, she bites them. She bites those words. So I walk around my house singing that song. I I love it. Back to different there. When you, you hear the shows, you know, a few times and over and over again, over a few years, you'd come to learn them. But uh, that's sorry, no, I'm, that's I'm okay. And it's yeah, object because and, and I was yeah, I, I struggled the hell out of it. It all it, to me. Yep. Uh, and I've seen Book of Mormon and I loved it. I I just kept thinking yep. of that. <laughs> I just think, keep thinking of that. Are these guys? Is this a? Are they being? Is this genuine? There. This is how we're going to deliver this thing because it's it's such a Broadway delivery. Even though it was off Broadway, yeah. It. I just sort of thought, is this for real? And then when they started singing about sailing, okay, okay, where does the sailing come in? The dude's in hospital with a brain tumor and he's having an MRI, and and now we're going sailing. No, he sings. I'd rather be sailing. Wouldn't we all? He's not saying I am sailing. He's there is a moment with the sitting become in the lee of Cuddyhunk where all the cast comes together and and sings that they're all. I think it's a dream sequence. They're all singing together in a boat. So 
Um, I've never seen this. So Hello Dolly, I had seen on stage in you know, 2002, 2003, but a new brain I've never seen on stage. So I've only ever had the CD or the album from 1998 to go by. There was also a new recording with um, Jonathan Groff, who was the voice of the reindeer in Frozen. <laughs> Okay. Anna Gasteya from Saturday Night Live was in it. She plays the mum. Yep. I absolutely love her singing. I think she's great. But I don't really like the new lyric changes. Like unnecessary. I think they ruined it in a few places. So this is a 1998 recording, which is what we're reviewing. To me, this is very snappy. It's very concise. It's very whimsical. It's it's perfect. But I think the new one they tried to add in too much. It was Encore's concert, so it was semi-stage, but still. In Melbourne, we've got the production company. Well, we had the production company that, that does that. They do concert versions of lesser-known shows, So, and the band is on stage. I don't really like that. But the Chicago revival that's been running on Broadway for 78 years by now, uh, that stems from that same concert series. So. Okay. But really, no, I, I don't listen to the new one very often. It's just not it's not the same. Uh, it. Think about that song and they're off. Okay. And it's a song about horse racing. No, it's not. It's a song about a father who has betted away all their money on horse racing. Oh, there it is. Now knowing that, listen to it again. It's... He talks about how his father is so excited that this is the greatest two minutes of his life. And, and then they're off and then he's off because he's spent all their money on gambling. It's like, it's absolutely heartbreaking and it's absolutely realistic. It's something that happens so often in life. Oh, yeah. That song, I just think is, yeah, it's quite deep. It's quite dark. It's still got that big crescendo in the music that, that gives you the goosebumps. I missed it. You did. I was, still, I was still trying to get over Gordo's Law of Genetics. Oh, I love that song. To explain to people at home that it basically says that all the bad traits will always be predominant and they always come from the father. And all the smart kids are gay too, apparently. There's a whole bunch of things that they list in there. That, There's a whole bunch of things that um, they say, but yeah. yeah. It's tongue-in-cheek, satirical in a lot of ways. It's William Finn. Yeah, when it first came out, people didn't really know how to take it as a dark drama or as a clowny comedy. So it's kind of funny that we're juxtaposing these two CDs together and we don't know what we're giving each other so yeah that's kind of a that's an interesting little coincidence yeah william finn is just a genius but i don't think he's ever reached that level of respect or fame that i think he deserves that his most popular shows falsettos yes that's you know beloved but it's not so widely known and 25th annual Putnam County Spelling Bee you know that was on Broadway it got nominated for Tony as well and still just hasn't reached the heights that he has deserved over the years so I'm going to be bringing him up a lot on this show because he is an absolute genius and people compare him to Sondheim all the time but and it is usually a one or the other sort of case but the two can exist together you know, Sondheim does that sort of dark comedy type musicals with, you know, witty lyrics and whimsical melodies. And A New Brain is a great example of this because it is such a deep personal story, but it's done in such a way that it makes you chuckle. Well, it makes me chuckle. Clearly not you. But then you've got a homeless lady on the street and she's saying, give me change. She's literally saying to people, I don't want to know you. I don't want to be your friend. I don't want to be your mother. I don't want hugs. I just want money to buy drugs. <laughs> it's pretty honest. 
Yeah, he is. He's a very honest writer, and that's why I like him. See, I thought the homeless lady was just more of his hallucination. Did you? Oh, no, I think she's outside the hospital. I don't know. I have, as I say, I haven't seen it. So that one person listening, if you have seen it, please let me know what happens in this show. Is she outside the hospital, or is she inside his head? Is she in his head so much? And then there's, like, poor, unsuccessful, and fat, and that's one of those tongue-in-cheek songs that some people could be offended by. They're going to maybe making jokes about fat people and poor people and unsuccessful people. Oh, and roll them all in together in one Exactly. Big... I was very sad to the guy that played the part in that production. He died oh. a few years back. And I was looking up the cast. I read that. Mm. Oh, okay. Yeah, so he was, so he, that was Michael Mandel and he played the good nurse because there's a, there's a mean nurse. There there's is. a bad nurse. There's yep. a bitchy nurse. It's just like, yeah. Those bitches. <laughs> I love his character. I think he's so sweet. And you can hear that he is the more cuddly nurse. You can hear it in his voice that that warmth comes through. Mm. So, yeah, I was sad. But this is one of those shows that doesn't have an ensemble. So they're not going to get these big, massive groove numbers where they are going down the street getting their picture took. <laughs> you know, but they're so incredibly in harmony together. And that's why I love it because the cast just, and obviously the lyrics and the music. I don't think you could have picked a more musical thing for me that I, which kind of, this, this musical is the reason I don't get musicals. The whole the whole thing. This is it all in a big ball of this is why I I don't get musicals at all. Tisk, tisk. And it's not the only one. I know. I am deeply ashamed in you <laughs> after that glowing review I gave Avatar. <laughs> the whole one point you gave to Avatar about five. It is just one and I, a half, and thank you. <laughs> and I'm I know I'm not alone because I was I was playing it earlier. On, and I normally just have it in either in my car or in my headphones, so yeah. I, that I don't I don't need bring anyone else down with you. I don't want to bring him down with me. And oh no, if I'm going down, I'm bringing this whole fucking house down with me. I turn it up. I warn them. I say I've got to listen to heavy metal now, and <laughs> I have to. I have no choice, and because I have to listen to it properly, I have to hear what they're actually saying. But of course, I can't. Anyways, <laughs> I had it on on the on the lounge room stereo, and I went upstairs, and I won't say who said it. But I went upstairs and I got told, you are, can no longer tell me I listen to shit music if you're going to play that crap. I said, it's for my podcast. I have to Good. listen to it. So, yeah. So, you get. So, now everyone gets to listen to. Good. So, I think I might make that a thing now. I'm just going to spread. I'm going to spread the, the joy slash pain yeah, around to a- anyone within earshot of uh, of my speakers. Yeah. And didn't you see Titanic? <laughs> Christ, we have to be those people that took everyone else down with them with their bloody <laughs> stupidity and selfishness. I'm going to be singing I'd Rather Be Sailing While while the Ship Is Going Down. It really is such a beautiful song, though. You know, I don't like ballads. I Not at all really much. Like, maybe Whitney, Kelly Clarkson, Madonna, Crazy For You, like some 60s stuff. Patsy Klein, yes, please. Like, but I just can't do ballads. It's really not what I would choose to put on. It's Sailing is a beautiful song, and so is Lousy Day in the Universe. Like, William Finn has this ability. Yeah, heart and music. But I just kind of thought it was a bit obvious. Heart and music, that's absolutely gorgeous. I just thought, we all know you've got to have the music and you've got to have the heart and you've got to have the joy. Why did you write a song about it? We all know. Well, okay, that's at the very start of the show where it's just collapsed, which probably should have explained the story and now i've just spoiled it for people so he collapses at the start and gets put in hospital and that's the whole point of the story the spoiler alert that's and that's where the, the nurses come in yeah. and the mris and, the- and all the stuff we've been talking about out of order <laughs> 
and the chances of anyone actually seeing this on stage is, is very, very, very slim, I'm guessing. Very rarely gets done. And I'm not being a dick. It's it's one out of five for me. No, I think you're just saying that because I gave Avatar one and a half. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I just, damn you, not liking what I give you. Yeah. It's petty. Absolutely petty. I know, deep down you loved it. Deep down, me and the boys are going to get me in so much trouble. Yeah, so I think we should probably swap CDs for next week. I have my next week's right here, which I changed five minutes ago. Okay, well, you can go first. Fantastic. Just in case. (laughs) So next week, I have decided I'm going to stick with the European feel that that I started with Avatar, and I'm going to get you to wrap your ears around Amaranthi. And the that's the name of the band is Amaranthi, and the album is Manifest. And it Manifest. was also another 2020 release. So making it all, all up to date because 2020 was such a good year. Okay, well, I'm going to give you another little musical that has a little band and a little cast. This one has 12 people on stage pretty much through the whole show. And it's not about anything deep. It's called Come From Away. Come From Away. Okay. Never heard of it. And it's not... The Ron Jeremy story. <laughs> that one I've seen. I have no doubt that you have. <laughs> I, I'm not going to tell you what it's about. Don't look it up. Just listen to it first. All right. Send me the link. I think you might enjoy this one a little bit more than a new brain. Okay. Anyways, I think we've probably bored our audience for long enough. I think we have. There's there's next week's challenges. So that'll give me something yes, to do. Yes. I don't know what Manifest is about, but maybe I might understand the TV show. Didn't know there was a TV show. Anything to plug before we go? Just follow Thrash N Treasure on the Twitters and our blooming podcast network on the Twitters and just tell us what you love, tell us what you hate. And I don't care if you hate me for not liking the music. I'm a big boy and I can take it. We wanted everyone to love us. We'd be doing a different podcast. But Broadway fans, go track down Gareth and hound him with hate. Say, how dare you? Off Broadway, friends, because that damn thing never even made Broadway. Size really does matter in this world. (laughs) And on that note, you take care, and we shall see you next time. See ya. Uh-huh.